Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Billboard's Senior Director of Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. The Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Young Boy Never Broke Again becomes just the second artist and first rapper with a number one album on the Billboard 200 in 2021, 2020, and 2019, as his latest release, Sincerely Cantrell, debuts atop the tally. Plus, how Coldplay's teaming with BTS on the new single, My Universe, debuts straight in at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart. Also on the show, we're discussing everything we know so far about Adele's new music, including a just-released teaser for her new song, Easy On Me. When is an album coming? What will the song sound like? Come fall down this Adele rabbit hole with us, just in a few moments. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Um, all right, let's do the chart chat. First up, Young Boy Never Broke Again achieves his fourth number one album on the Billboard 200 chart. As his latest release, Sincerely Cantrell, debuts atop the list dated October 9th. The set earned 137,000 equivalent album units in the United States in the week ending September 30th, of course, according to MRC data. With the debut, the rapper becomes the second act and only hip-hop artist with a number one album in each of the last three years, 2021, 2020, and 2019. The prolific artist has actually charted a total of 18 albums on the Billboard 200 since making his debut on the list in August of 2017. The 21-year-old previously hit number one with Top and 38 Baby 2, both in 2020, and AI Youngboy 2 in October of 2019. 
Now, the you only- know what's funny, Keith? What? When I, before you say this next sentence, when I was editing your article earlier and you said that he was the only hip hop artist to have done this, the only rapper, I was like, I bet you the other person's Taylor Swift. <laughs> and then I kept reading Keith's article and here we are. You know, it's that rule. If it's, uh, if there's some sort of weird chart record, it's probably Taylor Swift. Correct. Or Drake. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, the only other act with a number one album in each of those three years is Taylor, with um, who actually charted four albums um, in those years, just like Youngboy did. So Taylor hit number one earlier in 2021 with Fearless, Taylor's version. She had two number ones in 2020 with Evermore and Folklore. And of course, she hit number one back in 2019 with Lover. Um, it's worth noting that Youngboy, whose real name is Kentrell Galden, I I apologize if I mispronounced that, and hence why the album is named Sincerely Contrell. Um, he is not in a particularly celebratory location at this time, as he has been awaiting his trial at the St. Martin Parish Correctional Center in Louisiana since April, after being charged with drug and weapon-related offenses. Um, I, I, did, I was going to elaborate on this a little bit. I don't have a full list, but I think... Listeners might be wondering, is it unusual that we have someone at number one who is in jail? Um, it has happened previously. Um, both Tupac and Lil Wayne both had number ones while they were serving time. Um, I don't have like a complete list. It may have happened with other artists aside from them. So this isn't a first, but it is fairly unusual. Notable. It's notable. Notable. Yes. So aside I also I did not know until I saw this album title that his birth name was Kentrell and it makes me want him to do a duet with Blue Kentrell. <laughs> like to do Ken Kentrell plus Cantrell. <laughs> That's um, my idea. Yeah. You know, um Yeah. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Um right. all right. Well, aside from Young Boy's number one debut on the Billboard two hundred, it's kind of a slow week in the top ten, uh, as it's the only debut in the region. Uh, but next week, because we're already looking to next week, watch for Taylor Swift's fearless Taylor's version to likely surge back up the chart following its vinyl LP release on October 1st. Uh, we all remember what happened the last time Swift dropped an album on vinyl, right? Back in May, Evermore was released on vinyl months after its initial release last December um, in 2020 on uh, digital and streaming services and on CD. And, you know, when the vinyl LP Forevermore came out, the album shot back to number one on the chart, and it sold 102,000 vinyl copies in its first week of vinyl release. So, could she mount another monster vinyl week with Fearless Taylor's version? Probably. Probably? I mean, is it going to hit 102,000? <laughs> I mean, who knows? Stay tuned to Billboard.com. That, that does remain to be seen, but yes, we'll, we will definitely be reporting all about that, for sure. All right, next up, Coldplay's teaming with BTS on My Universe is a cosmic hit. Hey! Um, as the collaborative single debuts at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, it's the second number one for Coldplay and the sixth for BTS. Coldplay previously reached number one with Viva La Vida way back in 2008. Thus, the group waited 13 years, three months, and two weeks between number ones. And that's the longest gap between number ones since 1999, 
when Cher's Believe hit number one nearly 25 years after she was last number one with Dark Lady in 1974. Now, for all the details on my universe opening at number one on the Hot 100, make sure to check out Billboard.com and all of Gary Trust's coverage um, as Gary Trust manages the Hot 100, and he has a whole bunch of fun facts about the song's debut at number one. I have to say that little stat about Cher made me feel slightly old because I just kind of think of Coldplay as being still a, a current, relevant band. They Not are. like they came out of mothballs or something for this new song. But um, I understand that it's been a minute since they, they topped the chart. So I, I mean, Cold, yeah. Coldplay having a number one on the Hot 100 is fairly unusual anyways because they, yeah. they aren't that kind of band, really. Um, so ha- them being number one is just kind of unusual anyways. And, you know, for them to be number one in 2021 alongside BTS, well, it's, you know, rather fitting because <laughs> B- BTS is so incredibly dominant right now um, on the charts. Yeah. Okay, so everyone is talking about Adele right now, especially after she released the first teaser for her brand new music on Tuesday, tweeting a short piano line from a song called Easy On Me that's coming out on October 15th. So before we get into this talk about Adele, let's take a listen to that little snippet now. Okay, so it's all been leading up to this. Um, You know, we thought we'd talk about all the many hints that Adele has been dropping about new music so far, starting with, of course, this new teaser. Now we have a song title. We've got a release date. We've got a little taste of piano. Keith, uh, (laughs) what what are your first impressions? Um, It it kind of reminds me of the rollout of Hello, in a way, where it's a sort of moody, black and white, um, snippet of what we assume is the beginning of a music video. It's set in the countryside. It appears. Um, it seems kind of possibly ballady, and it seems like okay. Well, this is it's something familiar. It seems very familiar to us, and it seems like all right. This this is appropriate. What's 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 next? Totally. And you know, hearing that piano, uh, you know. We were sort of wondering, as all the rumblings about New Adele were uh, happening over the last week and a half, you know, did she work with all new producers or songwriters? Did she go EDM or something or hip hop? And it certainly seems like, to your point, uh, she did not. It doesn't sound like she switched gears too much. Well, sonically. who knows? I mean, there could be an amazing bridge in the song that turns into an EDM drop. Like we don't know. <laughs> the dubstep is just <laughs> waiting farther right. into the song. There's going to be a remix with BTS. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I have to. I totally agree with uh, with what you said about just feeling sort of comforted by this little teaser, um, and also you know having that familiar feeling that we had back in 2015 when she first teased "Hello." Um, we'll talk about the the timetable of that a little later on in our discussion, but um, I do just remember how like how immediately welcoming that hello preview was. And I feel the same thing after hearing this little tiny taste of easy on me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
though also on Tuesday, um, Billboard reported that Adele is shopping a Las Vegas residency, potentially at Park MGM or the Coliseum at Caesars. Um, does that give us any hints about what, you know, the whole album is going to be like? No, like, no it doesn't, does it? <laughs> no. Because of the fact that literally anybody can do a Vegas residency, whether it's, you know, the Britney dance-a-thon or, you know, the Celine Dion belt-a-thon or, you know, just Lady Gaga on a piano for her jazz residency. I guess it could be anything, right? Literally anything. It could mm-hmm. be that that there is there is zero inkling of what the sound of the new album will be just from her having the possibility of having a Vegas resident. It, it, it means nothing, <laughs> unfortunately. But I'm here for it. I mean, do you like the idea of an Adele Vegas residency? Um, I mean, I think, I think it sucks for her fans that are not able to travel to her. Obviously, Vegas residencies and residencies in general are something that artists really like, especially when they have especially if you don't want to travel a whole lot and you want to yeah. be stationary, especially if you have um, little An kids eight or year children. old son. Yeah. You know, Celine yeah. Dion kind of pioneered this and she had um, a small child when I think she started her residency. Um, you know, Brittany, of course, had her, her little ones when she did her residency in Vegas. So it makes sense family wise. Um, but, you know, if you live in Europe or any other Anywhere outside of the general Southern California, Las Vegas area, it's kind of a hike to get to Vegas. Yeah, you know, this doesn't preclude her from touring. Obviously, the two examples you just said, Celine Dion and Britney Spears, both toured after their wildly successful Vegas residencies. Um, you know, and we don't know how long Adele might, st- you know, set up shop for. Our reporting and, you know, does residencies say... Also, also, residencies is a very sort of, you know... Uh, fluid it's a term. Word. It's a fluid term. A residency lately has been bandied about saying just because someone has four nights in Vegas, it's suddenly a residency. Right. No, residencies to most people mean like multi-week, multi-month kind of endeavor. So for all we know, this could be a two-week residency. Yeah. You know, we don't know. 100%. I was going to say, though, our our reporting does say that this would be the first set of performances. Um, so if she were to tour, it would be after this. Um, but, you know, so this could be just a, a fun taste. And for people who are, are able to make Vegas a destination, it's pretty cool. But to your point, you know, Europe to Vegas a little bit difficult. So we'll see um, what she ends up doing on that front. Um, you know, and before we got this song teaser on Tuesday, the biggest hint that we had about um, her new album cycle were these mysterious billboards and light projections that popped up across the globe featuring the number 30. So from that, do we think that this album will be called 30? Well, I mean, initially I thought it's an incredible ruse. Well, well, first I thought, (laughs) oh my God, Adele's album is coming. And then I thought, what if this is just like an elaborate, like joke? Um, But it, didn't seem like a joke, you know, once her social media accounts started to change. I know you're going to talk about this, but like once once we saw that her social media accounts changed their avatars and her website background changed and all of the color schemes began to match the projections that we saw a few days earlier, well, that kind of, 
you know, that kind of <laughs> indicates it's probably not a joke. <laughs> and well, one of the reasons he thought it could be a ruse is because she actually did an interview previously where she said she was no longer going to name albums after her ages anymore after she had right. done that three times. Um, she apparently said it in um, Carpool Karaoke with James Corden like a, a zillion years ago. Yeah. So one of the interesting things about that is, you know, of course, her previous album, 2015's 25, and then she had 21 before that, and, and 19 was her debut album. They were all named after the ages she was when she wrote the bulk of the material for the albums. So she's 33 years old now. Um, but 30 was a pivotal year for her, um, you know, and she, she went through a divorce uh and, you know, so she's a newly single woman now. So perhaps when she said, I'm not going to do this age naming thing anymore, she thought, oh, I'm not going to have like these huge like life shifts anymore. I'm, you know, married woman, a mom. And like, this is not how I'm going to mark my, you know, creative output anymore. But then things change. So, um, you know, it would make sense 30 being such a pivotal year that, you know, could have brought a lot of creative inspiration for her. So it seems yeah. very likely and possible. And to your point about the social media, that really kind of um, solidified, you know, the, the social media change matching the uh, the color of these billboards. Um, you know, she also tweeted for the first time on Monday since January. And then obviously since then tweeted the song teaser. Um, so it's all she's just like all the cylinders are getting, you know, it's all happening. Up. It's all happening. It's, all happening. <laughs> it's just the be- it's just the beginning of a new era of Adele. Exactly. So we know when we're getting the first song now because of um, Tuesday's announcement. But what about the album? Um, you know, this is all I feel like this whole episode, I should just, you know, hedge it all with this is merely speculation. <laughs> but when Taylor Swift shifted her red Taylor's version release up a week earlier to November 12th last week, fans became pretty convinced that the date that she vacated November 19th was because of Adele's album release date. We don't probably we don't know, this, but it feels likely. So, Keith, likely. Um, can you kind of walk us through? what the release schedule looked like last time around for 25 and how it kind of matches what we're currently experiencing. Yeah. So um, the lead single from 25 was hello, of course, and it was uh, teased in a uh, commercial that ran during a broadcast of the X factor in the UK on October 18th of that year. Um, It, it was just a short snippet, the beginning of the song, kind of similar to how we got a snippet of the new single. Although we Tuesday. actually got Adele's vocals in the Hello teaser, and we didn't get True. any vocals this time around, unfortunately. Yeah, but this time, though, you know, instead of seeing a commercial where it was cryptic and you didn't know, they didn't say who it was, this time, this time the source was Adele herself yeah. telling us. Even so We didn't have to hear her voice. You know, we knew. Yeah. Um, so... Hello was teased on October 18th, then the single came out on October 23rd, and then the full album came out on November 20th. So if we got a teaser of this this new single on October 5th, and the single is supposed to drop on the 15th, this all kind of seems like it's lining up to a likely mid to late November album release if yes, we're following the same pattern as Hello in 25. It's a, we're a little earlier. We're on track to be slightly earlier than that. What would be hilarious is if Adele is like, November 12th. <laughs> God. No, not hilarious. Not hilarious at Suddenly all. Suddenly <laughs> Taylor's album moves, moves back to the 19th. Right. Hey. Just kidding. 
Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it seems pretty much on track, you know, if we're following a roadmap. And, you know, Adele has a very old school sensibility as an artist when it comes to promotion and releasing music. So it feels like she's got a formula that worked quite well for her last time. Um, having the biggest debut sales week in the MRC data era, correct, Keith? Yes, meaning from 1991 until now, she had the biggest sales week uh, for, well, the, yeah, the biggest sales week for an album. And, you know, can she do it again? I mean... I if mean, anyone can. It would Adele. be, yeah, it would be tough to. But let's not get crazy. That. She let's, you know, let's not set her up to fail. We we don't know what will happen in this weird era where people really don't buy albums anymore. So yeah, I would like to say too, like, and you know, Keith can probably back me up on the specifics of this, but you know, when a, when twenty five came out in twenty fifteen, Adele held it back from streaming services for. I don't know if it's a week or two, but it wasn't a a, bit, immediately yeah. available to stream. Things have changed so severely in those six years that the idea of a major artist outside of Garth Brooks, who's you know completely abstaining from uh, streaming services, the idea of a major artist not going simultaneous on streaming services and in retail, it, it's like unthinkable, you know? Yeah, I mean, I can, I can, I can imagine though that. Because Adele's um, Adele's reach is so wide, um, where she, you know every, everyone from you know little kids and teenagers up to you know grandmas and grandpas and great grandmas and great grandpas um, are eager to hear Adele. She is a universal yeah. artist that is beloved by bajillions, and I think you know yeah, there's going to be obviously a lot of people that want to stream the album, but I still think she's probably going to sell a ton. And if if she if she's able to have all of her physical albums ready on street date, whenever that street date is. Meaning, if she, is she going to have vinyl? Is she going to have cassettes? Is she going to have all of her CDs? Like, I can imagine that a lot. Of, I mean, imagine that vinyl record that Taylor chalked up a few weeks ago when she sold 102,000 of her Evermore album on vinyl. Who knows? Maybe that maybe that'll get obliterated by Adele's new album in a single week. With with if if the vinyl comes out that same week, if it's, that happens, th- Adele would have the most airtight NDAs of all time because the production schedule that she would have had to have already been on in order to get all those physical copies released, like on the street day, if it is in fact November nineteenth. Like this, this would have been. They're they're already printing it somewhere. They, they, yeah, mean, they're, they're they're being pressed somewhere on a ship in the middle of the Atlantic, and right. no one is on that ship. Right. Who knows? <laughs> um, I also just you know hearing the teaser for the new song um, this week, it just totally transports me back to 2015 and what a moment the release of Hello was. And I I actually vividly remember that. I was on a trip to Chicago with some girlfriends, and for the very first time, I went to a Soul Cycle class with one of them, and um, we they played Hello in the class, and I swear to you that every woman in that class was just sobbing on their stationary bike, like it was the most like universally like emotional experience I'd ever had before, and this song was just it made such an impact and. I'm sure Easy on Me is going to be wonderful, but like, can it replicate what you know Hello was in October 2015? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I guess we'll have to wait and find out, right? Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure Adele is hoping that there's going to be thousands of classes of 
people on Soul Cycles crying. Pelotons now at home. Pelotons <laughs> at home. Um, but, you know, I think we all also have to make sure that everyone kind of has the proper expectations um, going into this because when you become an artist as, as successful as Adele, um, I can imagine that there was probably maybe internal pressure on herself going into the release of 25 after the enormous success of 21. Yeah. Um, and then 25 did great. But no one should ever try to hold up 21 and 25 as like, okay, you're going to do that again, right? Right, Because right. much in the same way where, you know, Michael Jackson's thriller was a singular moment in time or Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA or even something like Nirvana's Nevermind or, you know, Albums that have like a unique moment in time where they captured the attention of the world, they may have sold zillions or they had so many number ones. Sometimes those are unique, isolated um, instances and experiences. And that doesn't necessarily mean that any of your follow ups are going to always replicate that success. And I think she and her team obviously know that. I just think people need to be reminded of that and and say, you know, 21 and 25 were unique moments. Let's not try to get too carried away with trying to compare the new project to those two. Uh, Adele's team thanks you, Keith. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, Okay, so to recap, we have a little taste of this song. We've got a song title. We've got a song release date. We have a possible maybe plan for a Las Vegas residency. Um, I am very ready for this new music and we'll of course be talking about it here in the pop shop. And as always stay with billboard.com as we follow all the many developments around Adele's new music. Um, Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Forty years ago this week, before Adele was even born, the Rolling Stones' longest-running number one album, Tattoo You, was in the midst of its nine-week run atop the Billboard 200. The set debuted at number eight on the chart dated September 12, 1981, and flew to number one in its second week on the September 19th dated list. It remained at number one through the November 14, 1981 dated tally. Now, the album was led off by the iconic single, and I know we all throw the words iconic around, but actually this is an iconic single, hmm. Start Me Up, which reached number two on the Hot 100 for three weeks. The song Start Me Up is the music that you heard leading into the chart stat this week. Now, the album would yield two more top 20 hits, Waiting on a Friend and Hang Fire. Since Tattoo You, the band has yet to return to number one on the Billboard 200. Though they are frequent visitors to the top 10, having released 10 more top 10 charting albums since Tattoo You. And just in time for the album's 40th anniversary, the band will be releasing a special deluxe edition of the album this month on October 22nd, featuring a number of previously unreleased tracks and live performances. The 40th anniversary reissue will also mark the first album project from the band since the death of the Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts, who died on October 24th at 80. He played his last show with the band on August 31st, 2019, at the end of the last leg of its No Filter tour. While Watts is no longer with us, the Stones, with surviving members Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, and Ronnie Wood, are back on the road. Their first public show since that last performance with Watts took place on September 26th in St. Louis, 
at a show that was meant to happen in 2020 until the pandemic had other plans. According to a report in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Jagger told the audience during the show, quote, This is our first tour we've ever done without him. We all miss Charlie so much on the stage and off the stage, and we'd like to dedicate this tour to Charlie. And he said that, by the way, um, uh, as him and Ronnie and Keith were all sort of, they, they'd huddled together after uh, playing a song, and apparently Mick was holding on to Keith's hand when he said that. Um, wow. Yeah. So there you have it. 40 years ago, the Rolling Stones were on top of the Billboard 200 with their most recent number one, uh, Tattoo You. All right. We've reached the end of our big show. I want to know one thing that's not Adele related. Katie, have you ever seen the Rolling Stones in concert? I was just going to say I have not, and I so I was thinking about going to the SoFi shows that are coming up. You should try. Um, and I was thinking about that. It's funny, if you feel comfortable going to a concert. Right. There was a big old billboard on my way to dropping my kids off um, over the summer for the, for the SoFi dates, and I thought, oh, that'd be great. And then when Charlie passed, I was so bummed that I hadn't seen them earlier so I could see them all together. But um, it did make me want to see them even more. So, um, yeah. So I think I might try to do that. Um, so what but song? I'd like to go out on my favorite Rolling Stones song. Ooh, which one is that? Now, Beast of Burden. We'll go out on that, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.